Welcome to the Jules Hahn Podcast. Today I want to discuss my journey from Julie Setzer to Jules Hahn, the author of Welcome to Aberdeen. For more information about me or to read any of my past short stories, you can visit my website at juleshahn.com. So to start with, like most of us, I am a daughter, sister, wife, and mother. I've been married to my husband for 29 years, but We've actually been together 37. We met in 1982 when I was 16 and he was 18. With the exception of two years when he was away in the Navy and I was in college, we've been together. I come from a family of seven, my parents of course, plus two older sisters and two younger brothers. I joke that I have a lot of issues, not only because I'm a middle child, but also because I'm a Catholic, I'm blonde, and left-handed. Trust me, if you have one or two of these qualities, you know that what I'm talking about. If you have all of them, I feel your pain. Before my dad passed in July of 2018, my parents were married just a few months shy of 56 years. They showed me what marriage is about and, more importantly, how to make a marriage successful. Hard work, dedication, and a lot of forgiveness passed between them, which... I think this helps me in my marriage as well as writing romance. Life requires all of these components. When I was young, we moved a lot. Maybe not as much as some, but to me it seemed like an endless stream of new schools. My first school I attended until the end of the fourth grade year, 1976 to be exact. That summer we moved to another school, maybe 20 miles away, and I went there for my fifth grade year, and for some reason, dad and mom decided that they wanted to move again. So the following year, we moved to a new school. I went there for my sixth and seventh grade year, while dad and mom built a house. After the seventh grade year, dad sold the house and we moved yet again. This time, back to the school I attended in my fifth grade. We went there for a year, and lo and behold, we moved again. Fortunately, this move was my last. I finally found one school to finish out my K-12 years. After high school, I went to a two-year college and got my associate's degree in paralegal studies. Now, when I look back, I realize I chose the wrong field. I hated everything about my course. The technical writing, the research, the arguments, the dull, dusty footnotes in the legal text did nothing, absolutely nothing, for my ADD-riddled mind. Of course, at the time, I couldn't see the problem. I was fascinated with politics and the mafia. I spent countless hours either watching the TV and watching the election or reading about the mafia. Now, you know, Years later, I realized both subjects were just hobbies, but definitely not my passion. In fact, when I look back over my life, I realized the one thing that's always captivated me, the one thing that has always, always been a part of me, was the arts. I loved everything to do with reading, painting, drawing, art. History and English were my favorite subjects in school, every school. To this day, I am an extreme doodler. In fact, when I'm not writing, I crave painting. 
After I graduated, I promptly found a job in all things banking. That's right, banking, another very analytical field. Anyone who knows me knows analytical is not my thing. I hate math, hate science. I just, it's not for me. I stayed in the banking field for about 10 years, despite not having a passion for this profession. I was successful. My supervisors loved my dedication and my work ethic. I went from working in a department as settling um, ATM, balancing ATMs and working on the fund transfers and whatnot to being a teller and advancing to a teller Pfizer supervisor, sorry, teller supervisor, and finally to an administrative assistant for a vice president. In all these roles, I was exceedingly proficient, but none captivated me. They were just jobs I did, and I did them really well. Ron and I had kids when I was 30, and I really envisioned myself staying home and raising my boys like my mother raised me. Fortunately, Ron made enough to allow me this indulgence. And I loved my time at home, but I didn't use it as wisely as I should have, and I realize that now. Yes, I was focused on raising two active kids, and I know that can be difficult to squeeze in extra time for yourself, but looking back, there were still times when I could have focused on writing or drawn, but I was in my 30s and I couldn't see my passion at that time. In fact, I don't even think I considered doing either of those things. Towards the end of my time at home when the boys were in school and I was searching for something, anything to fill my time, I would sit down and write, but my lack of confidence, confidence and uncertainty on how to even create a book soon gave way to biking and napping. Six, six months later, after my youngest was in second grade, I found myself back at work. This time at my kids' elementary school, working in the school office, which, as a side note here, was a wonderful experience. I don't regret working there for a minute. I could tell you hundreds of reasons why working in an elementary school is such a positive influence. For me, being a stay-at-home mom who wanted to be so involved with her kid's life, not so much that I was one of those helicopter moms, but I wanted to be on the periphery to see what was going on. Working in their school gave me that. I got to know their friends. I got to know my community. I got to get outside the house a little bit. I got to interact with people. If any stay-at-home moms listen to this, I'm telling you, if you're seeking a job, your kid's elementary school is the perfect place to step back in and reconnect with the world. Anyways, I stayed there for eight years, and during that time, for some reason, I think it has to do with my oldest son, Alex, 
picked up my laptop and I started to write Welcome to Aberdeen. By now, I'm well into my 40s. I'm actually probably approaching 50. And I cannot believe I waited that long to do something I so enjoyed. Writing, for me, is an escape. It envelops me in a way nothing else does. It fills me up and makes me feel whole. I don't have a lot of regrets in life, but waiting 47 years to realize my one passion is one of them. Once my boys promoted out of the elementary school and I was addicted to the crack of life, which for most of us is a paycheck, I moved to the junior college system where I still am today. I enjoy my job, but in no way do I think I'm supposed to do this forever. You know when you have this deeply seated feeling about what you're supposed to do and what you actually do and the two are incongruent? Well, that's how I I feel and have felt for about five years now. Anyway, there's my brief backstory. So, how did I come up with the name Jules Hahn? In a nutshell, it's an homage to my parents. You see, my father and my mother are both very creative people. Dad was a carpenter and a woodworker all his life, and my mom loved to sew and design and create. And I wanted to honor them for the creativity that they passed on to me. So I chose my maiden name, Han, and I came up with jewels to honor my mother's side. My grandma, Wolf, on my mom's side always called me Jewel, J-E-W-E-L, and my family always always called me Jules. So I took both of those names, Jules Han, and gave my tribute. My journey to being a writer has been lifelong, really. Like I mentioned earlier, I've always enjoyed creativity, all the way back to when I was a little girl. At Christmas, Santa always brought me some kind of art supplies. When I was really little, I would get this big box, or to me it seemed like a big box of crayons and coloring books and watercolors and paper, and I would just, every Christmas, look forward to this and spend that, my time just doodling and doing all those things with those art supplies. As I got older, I continued to receive more art from string art, I'm that old, yeah, to canvas and acrylics, and I would just spend my time creating something. But I didn't do just those things. I wrote too. My first book that I remembered was called Goober the Squash. I was maybe 10 or 11 at the time, and I wrote that book on a lined spiral notepaper, illustrated the whole thing myself. I stapled the pages together and proudly presented the creation to my mother. She, of course, oohed and odd over my creativity. I remember even showing it my extended family at some gathering. Don't ask me what the book was about, but I have vague memories of characters. An ear of corn, some peas in a pod, and of course the title character, Goober. Don't remember the storyline or the plot, what I do remember most was how much fun I had writing. Around 12 or so, I discovered Judy Bloom, like most of us did back then. She was my first inspiration for writing. 
the book that hooked me was Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And I remember finishing that book and thinking, I want to write stories exactly like her. And I tried. Of course, it's Judy Bloom and I'm Jules Hahn or Julie Hahn at that time. And who am I to ever aspire to write like Judy Bloom? Anyways, she was a real impetus for me writing. And reading has always been a deep passion of mine. I read everything. I read uh, cereal boxes and magazines and note cards on tables and you name it. If it's got words, I'm reading it. And I attribute my love to both my grandparents. When my sisters and I were young, we would spend weekends at my grandma Hans. She lived in this apartment above a library off this little town in Lake Ontario, New York. And every Saturday morning, before the library opened, she would take us with her while she freshened up the place for the day. And while she cleaned, me and my sisters would sit at those tiny circular tables with those rows and shelves of books and read. And I remember being in awe of the fact that I could choose any book and read as much and as long as I wanted. For me, that memory is soft, warm, and cozy. Now, my grandma Wolf, she read romance like nobody else I know. She had boxes and boxes of romance books scattered around her house. And whenever we'd go over, she'd let us read them. Of course, I was older then, maybe 12 or 13, and definitely reading books I should not have. But for whatever reason, Grandma didn't care. My sisters and I would devour them. And so there is how I came to love romance. I realize now I should have chosen a major more in tune with who I am. But I was so wrapped up into the 80s thought of whoever gets the most stuff wins. And having heard the term starving artist, I put two and two together and and decided art was not the way to go. It's funny though, how little signs come and you miss them. The first was my mother. Ever since the days of writing Goober the Squash and excuse me, drawing my pictures, doodling, she always told me I'd be a writer. She compared my style to Irma Bonbeck. And I, so with infinitely wise at 17, thought she was absolutely nuts. In college, my English 101 professor told me I had a natural talent for writing. I didn't believe him thought he was crazy too. Later, when I became an admin assistant for a vice president, who weirdly enough, in a former career, was an English teacher, asked me to write the department newsletter, I jumped at the chance. I took my time, I wrote it, I created the whole, all the, all the, um, sections I wanted in there, did even like a little, you know, interview section with some co-workers and put it together, designed it, put it together, and uh, gave it to her to read. And she took her time, she read it, and when she was finished, she I remember sitting across from her at her desk and 
She set the paper down and smoothed her hand across it and gave me this really serious, hard look. And she said, you know, Julie, you missed your calling. You're a natural writer. And I thought she was nuts. Those words have been imprinted on my brain for 20 years. I still hear her saying those words. Of course, at that time, I didn't act on it. I didn't believe her. I mean, how could I possibly be a writer? I had no idea how to start. Now, though, I wonder, what if I had taken the chance when I was 27? Would things be different? Would I be a best-selling author? Would I have numerous books on the shelves with my name inscribed on the front? I don't know. I'll never know that answer. Anyways, fast forward 10 years... And now I have two kids. My son Alex is just naturally born creative. When he was three or four, and I was still at home, he would bring me a notebook and a pen and ask me to write down his words. And I would sit on the couch and he would pace in the house and tell me these stories. Or he'd write songs or just have all sorts of these thoughts. And I would scribble away and get these words on paper. And while he was doing this, I kept help, couldn't help thinking like he's doing what he loves so much and yet I'm not. And that always kind of sat in the back of my thought. So I, now he's, he's, you know, transcribing or relating these stories to me I'm thinking these thoughts and I have my an old you know the old desktop computers in um, on a desk in my bedroom and I decide it's time for me to go for my dream too so in case you didn't know I live in the southwest Arizona to be exact and the state exudes old west and at the time we happened to take our kids on lots of these mini vacations to see the sights so one spring we go to Tombstone, and which is a really cool town to go and see. A lot of steeped in history, a lot of touristy stuff, but still pretty cool. Those old buildings. And while we were there, a story popped in my head. Now, I'm a huge fan of Julie Garwood. Love her, love all of her stories. And at the time, I'm reading one of them about the Old West that she's written. And so, that with that story in my mind. And I'm in Tombstone that's just enveloped in history. This story kind of evolves in my thought. And I want to get home and I want to write it. I just have one problem. Or so I believe at that time. I don't know how to write a story. I mean, I have no clue. I've read hundreds, maybe thousands of stories. But these were people who knew what they were doing. Me, I had no clue. So... I took the special interest class at the local community college, which, side note here, I ended up working at about 10 years later. Anyways, I took this class to help me in my writing. And part of the course is we had to write our short story and present them to the class, which I did. And I I wrote my whole book. And, um, when I finished, I picked up my story and I reread it. And 
my first thought was, what the heck? I am a terrible lighter, like terrible writer. I threw the whole thing out. Now, I can't believe I did something so stupid. And I promise you, that story will be rewritten one day. And you will be able to find it in the bookstores. Anyways, since throwing that thing out, that story out, I've learned a lot. Never, ever throw out your work. You can never retrieve the words you first put down. You can never recreate them exactly the same. Creating a story takes time, dedication, commitment. You massage the words. You remove sections. You rewrite. You smooth out, but you don't toss aside your work. After throwing out my book, I gave up on writing a novel. After all, who am I to attempt something so grandiose? But... In the back of my mind, my mother's words about being like Irma Bombeck is circling in my head. So, I think, okay, I can't write a novel, but I could do something short. I'm sure I could do that. After all, I have two perfect subjects living in my house, Alex and Nick. So, I spend my time writing these quick, simple little articles, and I'm loving every minute of it. I do this for a few years, but slowly, the spark fades just a bit, my writing slows, and before I know it, I'm not writing anymore. Then one summer, when we're on school break, I remember lying on the couch, watching some friend's episode for like the thousandth time, and I think, I have got to do something else. I spot my computer, and by now I have a laptop, and I sit up. And I think, I'm going to do this. So, I have another idea. And story ideas, just to let you know, come to me all the time. I don't always write them down, but I always categorize them in my head. And I grab my laptop and I open it. And I write a story. Not my first book, but a different one contemporary, not one on the Old West, a contemporary one. And I finish it. I write every minute over my summer break, and by the time we go back to school, I don't know, seven weeks, six weeks later, I have finished my first book, Welcome to Aberdeen. You'd think I'd stop there and maybe wait and read another, or reread it a few weeks later, but I don't. Because I have another book in my head that's a sequel to Welcome to Aberdeen, Mr. January. So I write that one. And as I'm writing that one, a third book pops into my head. So I write that one, doubling down. And all these ideas now, this creativity that I've, the switch that I've turned on of my creativity is suddenly just flowing through me. And I have like six more books that I want to write. And so I write all of these ideas down so I don't forget them and now suddenly I don't have enough time in my day to write all of my books work is cutting into my passion for writing and I am just miserable here I am at work and all I can think about is books in fact 
I have this vivid memory of me sitting at my desk. This is kind of in in the on the cusp of um, Mr. January. So I'm sitting at my desk and I'm doing my work, staring at my computer. But in front of me is this town that I've created and the people that I've created in this town. And they're so alive to me and so vivid and crisp and clear in my head that I, while I can do my work, I am living in this town. And someone comes to my office and they scare the heck out of me because I am not there. I am mentally in this place that I have created. And it took me a moment or two to remember, I'm at work. I'm not really here at this town. But that that whole encapsulation of that story just wound through me. So now I know I have a real problem. I have to find more time to write. But between work and family life and sleep, I'm not sure how much more I can squeeze out of a day. But I know I have to. So I stumble on to Diana Galvedon, and I've been reading her for years. Love her books. They're just so large and last forever, and I love that part of them. But she had this little, it wasn't really little, but she had another book that kind of chronicled how she wrote. And in one of those, in that book that I read, she had mentioned how she couldn't find enough time in her day to write. So she did the only thing she could, which was not sleep. So she gave up her eight hours of sleep to put in more hours of writing. And those words resonated with me. I couldn't quit my job. I could, but I could sleep an hour less each day and give myself an hour more of writing. And I started like the next day. So I went from getting up at five to waking at four. And that soon gave way to waking up at 3.30, and then 3, and then 2.30, and then 2, and at one point I was getting up at 1 in the morning, but frankly, even I thought that was a little crazy. So I've settled on my happy place of 2.30 in the morning. That's right, every day I wake up at 2.30 to get four hours of writing in. Now I'm trying to do some podcasting, and I've got a newsletter I want to write for my blog, so... My mornings are quite filled. My point here is, if you truly want to write, you find a way. I could have sat and thought about writing, but in no way is thinking achieving. Yes, you're getting ideas, but having ideas and putting ideas down on paper are two different things. So there you have it. I write early in the morning, every night for an hour or so, and most of my weekends. And you know what? I love every minute of it. To be a writer, you must write and you must read. We all have excuses and reasons for not finding our passion. But if you ask me, they're all reasons. Shopping was a reason for me. Watching TV was a reason reason for me. Family, work, money, All of these were my reasons for not writing, but they were all just a foil for my fear. My fear of failure, my fear of rejection, my fear of inability. You will never create your dream if you let your fear hold you back. I may never be a world famous writer. I may never sell a book, but 
I can say I tried and accomplished something. And I met a goal. I had a goal and I met it. I think back and wonder with if I had eliminated my fears and insecurity or ignored them, would I be further or the same place? I won't know that answer, but I am happy that I found a way to make my passion work in my world. And I hope with this podcast, you find the courage to seek yours. If you'd like to learn more about me, my writing, or my book, Welcome to Aberdeen, or my prequel to that, Hometown Player, you can visit my page at juleshan.com. I will talk to you next week, only it will be from Barcelona, and it will not be about writing, it will be about our visit there. Talk to you later.